all of us saw the hurricane power. We, we saw the huge devastation in US this year, provoked by these powerful storms. Ophelia and now uh, Brian is, are in, uh, in the UK, uh, which such displays of power of nature, it seems appropriate to turn to scripture to provide us with uh, lessons from nature's storm. You may have not had to face hurricanes like in Mexico or in Puerto Rico, but all of us have and will face our share of storms in our lives. And uh, David in Psalm 29 say in verse 1 and 2, Give unto the Lord, O you mighty ones, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. David calls out the angels of heaven to worship God. Why the angels? For one reason, he is uh, looking up heavenward into the sky. The heavens are thundering and uh, he, uh, a mere mortal, is too small to offer God the true worship that belongs to him in his circumstances. In these verses, David defined worship. It is giving, ascribing or attribu uh, attributing to God his true word. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due to his name. One definition for worship is that it is our expression of our love to God, for God. Certainly, worship involves such expressions. But David's definition is better. Since worship is the worship of God, we are to offer him what he wants, which is to glorified, to be glorified uh, for who he is. Thus, we are to offer the glory due to his name. That includes expressing uh, love, but it, it takes us uh, further to knowing majestic and holy tra uh, traits and then exalting him by calling these this traits forth in his praise. We are also told today that worship should, should address the felt needs of the worshiper. David might actually, actually have agreed with uh, that idea, except he would have missed the point. This, so, this storm that David witnessed draws forth from him the yearning, the, the felt uh, need to give God his due. The storm is declaring to him the glory of God and he feels the need to give the, to God the glory due to his name. This is not the first time when, uh, the, when nature has such an impact about, upon, upon him. The Psalm 19, in Psalm 19, David writes, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utter speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. 
There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their, their line has gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. How many times did uh, David worship God while out in the fields and with his sheep uh, or camping in the mountains? The stormy heavens are declaring God's glory to David now and uh, and uh, he beholds is what he beholds is the beauty of his holiness what david see the impression give is that he is watching a storm coming from the mediterranean uh, a common sight he pictures the storm path hitting the north in the mountains of Lebanon, uh, then moving southward over the Mount Hermon in the north portion of Israel, and finally in the southernmost wilderness region, or perhaps an area about midway down in desert, re in desert region. Whatever the exact location, the imagery is a storm over water, crossing the mountains and finishing up in, in, in the desert. Let's follow the path. The vo verse 3, the voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. Can you hear the, can you hear the, the thunder who resonate over the waters? This is imagery which we, we can identify with. We easily imagine thunder as the voice of God for two reasons. One is that it came to us from heavens up in the sky. The other is the deep, deafening, uh, even terrifying sound that thunder makes. How many of us have heard, the, have heard the, the crack of a lightning bolt nearby and then started, start running as fast as we could for, uh, for shelter. Or we hear it from afar as a threatening sound that steers a, a, a sense of foreboding uh, of the approaching power. Once when Jesus... Uh, was in Jerusalem, he prayed aloud to God, Father, glorify your name. And God actually replied in John chapter 12, verse 27, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. And then we are told in John 12, verse 27, the crown had stood there and heard it, said that it had thundered. And the psalm continues in verse 4. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord is powerful, but is not a, a mere display of, of brute uh, strength. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The storm represents God as a king over creation, moving forth as a king upon a great chariot. And Psalm 104 has a wonderful depiction of such a scene. In uh, Psalm uh, 104, verse 3 and 4, we read it like that. He lays the beams of his upper chambers in the waters, who makes the clouds his chariot, who walks on the wings of the wind, who makes his angel spirit, him, his ministers, a flame of fire. David... <clears throat> 
is looking at that chariot of clouds now. He exalts his king as he draws, draws near. Surely, his heart begins to beat rapidly as he watched the messenger, messengers and servants of the Lord serve their king. The voice in the verse 5, the voice of the Lord break the cedars. Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes them also skip like a calf, Lebanon and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. The storm moves over the forest mountains of Lebanon and northern Israel. Lebanon was renowned for, his, uh, for its large cedar trees, which were a symbol of great and might in the ancient world. Well, the voice of the Lord breaks the cedars like a matchsticks. Verse 8 and 9, the voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Cadiz. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strip the forest bare. And in his temple, everyone say glory. The storm move on into the wilderness area, shaking the desert and twisting and stripping the trees. We saw on TV similar uh, things in Mexico, as I said, in, in Puerto Rico. The, the hurricane yeah, had turned into tropical storms, but even then there was no area in and around the, that cities that not, that not have fallen trees, oak, pine, cedars. Uh, the areas uh, that received the full force of, uh, of the hurricanes were uh, hundred, almost 100% devastated. We saw the effects of powerful storms, stretch of pine forest along the highways, uh, mobile, mobile home twisted in wreckage, uh, house crushed by trees, uh, roofs spills off and more. What is the response of David to this powerful storm? Verse 9, and in his temple everyone says, glory. Glory. Perhaps David is thinking of the temple in Jerusalem where the people are worshipping during the storm. Perhaps he, he is thinking of a heavenly temple and uh, his, uh, the congregation of angels. Whatever the case, for David, the power and majesty of God as displayed in the storm draws for him the ardent desire to cry out glory. And it can be limited to him alone, not for the exaltation of God. David can't limit the worship of God's glory to his single experience. He doesn't reduce worship to him being alone, alone with God. All who can, all who are, are God's worshiper must cry together, glory. Glory is the God. God is the God, is the, the God over all creation not merely a personal friend of each individual. Glory to the Lord, the King who sits enthroned. Verse 10, the Lord sat enthroned at the flood, and the Lord sits as a king forever. These massive storms of clouds flooding the earth with, with rain, which shakes the very mountains and, and shatters the tree, is but a throne chair, or rather a footstool for the Almighty King 
enthroned over the fluid, over the earth, indeed over all creation. And unlike any other uh, early king, he sits enthroned forever. What power can contend his, his might? What amount of time will wear the eternal and unchanging God down? He is Jehovah. He is Yahweh. There is no one like him, no one to compare with him. And as the psalms comes to a close, per perhaps the, the storms have passed over and the sin about David is very quiet. The air is fresh, the cool rain and the, uh, with the cool rain and the uh, and breeze. And David is left renewed, recharged by his experience, as we read in verse 11. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. May God give such blessing to his people. May the great powerful king give strength to his people in their weakness. May the sovereign Lord, Lord, who calls all things by his wills, bless his people with peace in the world that is filled with troubles. I want to leave you with a couple of thoughts. First, understand that it is only such a God of power and terror who can give strength and peace. How we need to regain the sense of trembling before the Lord. How we need to, to learn the passion of the biblical saints who fear the Lord. In our day, God has been reduced to a, a dotting grandfather figure who just wants everybody to be happy. But real peace comes when we know the holiness and righteousness of God. When we learn to tremble before him as sinners and when we know the great power of God the Son to take the, to take the wrath of the just king in our place and leave us with peace. Our Lord Jesus Christ has reconciled us with the mighty king but now by his power give us strength to live for his glory. Let nature's storms raise your eyes to the greatness of our God. If you see wrath in the storm, let it display to you the wrath of God against wickedness, against your wickedness and sin. And contemplate now, and contemplate how it was that Jesus Christ came between you and that wrath. And what you are left with is the peace that follows the storm. The second thing to understand is the, that the storms of the Lord this, that pass over his people bring renewal, not destruction. Renewal, not destruction. We see that in nature, whether the art is struck by, by floods or fire, the very devastation become an agent of renewal to the land. And just as uh, we see community are, communities are getting back on, the, on their feet and even becoming stronger, better prepared for future storms, 
So God intends for our personal storms. Nothing, nothing happened to you because God is away. He sits enthroned upon the very flood of your life. And though you may be terrified at the moment, and though you may think you can never recover, know that the Spirit of God will renew you, will make you stronger, will make you fit for, for the day you enter into the glory. For the moment, say the writer of Hebrews, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, it uh, yields in peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. It is better to weather a storm than to go through a drought. One will bring fruit, will the other uh, withers fruit. It is better to be stirred up by the winds than to wilt under the sun. In the same matter, in the same manner, the storms that God sends will stir up our spirits, will awaken us from our spiritual slumber. But now, that if you do not confess Jesus Christ as your Lord, your Savior, if, he, if you will not acknowledge Him as enthroned over you, then you do need to fear destruction. destruction. Look at these hurricanes and contemplate the power of the Almighty God. Contemplate His fury against sin. One cannot afford to ignore him any more that residents in the path of the hurricanes could afford to ignore the winds and rains coming upon them. Flee from the, from the wrath to come upon the ungodly, upon all who will not bow before the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't be like uh, hardened skeptics who refuse to believe the weather reports. We've never had storms before. Or they say, my house will be okay. Who knows which house will be still standing? Who can predict which tree will stand or fall? Or if a tree does fall, where it will land? I can tell you now, you may avoid the ill effects of one storm, but God will not be mocked. Whether in this life or the next, a storm, not of renewal, but a destruction will come upon all who do not take shelter in the rock known as Jesus Christ, our Lord. Certainly, don't refuse the shelter provided for free. There is no cost, not, no, no waiting in line. It is provided for anyone who will come. And to stay in this shelter is not to stay in this shelter is not a sacrifice, for the Lord provides far more than anyone possess in his state of sin. He provides not only shelter for the storm but fullness of life. He provides peace, joy, and hope. He pours out love. All, all you are called to do is call upon the name of Lord Jesus Christ, the only name by which you may be saved. And finally, we can learn from example of David. The storm that he experienced 
no doubt cause him to, to tremble before its fury. But instead, instead of lament his condition, instead of uh, cowering before God as uh, though the Lord was a big bully, he exulted in the majesty, in the strength, in the glory of God and King. Let us uh, learn to exult in the greatness of our God. Let us learn that whatever the sky is blue and the sun shines peacefully down on us, or, it fi or it's filled with uh, uh, swirling clowns, bittering furiously against us, let us learn to glorify the Lord God Almighty. Let us ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name and worship the Lord in the splendor, in the beauty of his holiness. May God bless his word in our hearts, in our minds, and uh, let us all together ascribe and or give the glory due to his name, to our Lord. Amen.